0: Grace to you and peace from God, our Heavenly Father, and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. As you've already heard this morning, we are in our fifth and final week in the series Up, In, and Out, the DNA of a disciple. And uh, Pastor Tom asked you just to think about which of those three relationships you might be the strongest in right now. For those of you maybe who have not been with us throughout these weeks, those three relationships we put together in this shape we call the integrated life triangle. And if you can help me with my next slide, there we go. Uh, Up, in, and out. We use this shape as part of our discipling toolbox as a simple tool to help us think about all the phases of life that God calls us into and how we are to inhabit them. And if you've not been with us again the last few weeks, we've been looking at each of these in turn, first up with the Father. And we've been exploring how Jesus perfectly embodies and models each of them. So in this case, up with the Father, we see Jesus often going off by himself to quiet places in the morning, in the evening, even overnight to pray. We see him taking long walks by the lake and out in the fields And in this way, he seeks to establish and reinforce and then draw strength from a deep and abiding relationship with his Heavenly Father. So John, you shared Bible study was one of the ways that you find deep connection with the Father. So we explored how, whether it's time in prayer or time in God's Word, or like we're doing today, time in worship, whether corporately or individually, these are some of the patterns and behaviors we see in the life of Jesus and we as his disciples seek to imitate as well. Uh, Second on our list was in with other fellow believers. What we discovered in the life of Jesus is he intentionally uh, spent close time with friends and followers so that they could learn his rhythms of life, they could develop a relationship with him, and also care for one another. And so maybe for you, in relationships are some of the strongest right now. Maybe you, throughout your life here at St. Peter or or in other churches, have found that when you spend time with other Christians, they can encourage you. Uh, They can lift you up, especially when times are hard. They can also provide accountability and challenge, sometimes helping you stick to something you've committed to, but maybe uh, are tempted to fall away from. In-relationships also can be a place where you can be called to task. If you have failed to live up to God's best, You can have a christian friend a sister or brother in christ call you out on and say listen you're better than that and you know it and in that way help you return uh, to a repentant relationship with jesus and and receive his grace and mercy again maybe you've had a christian friend help you course correct because of the safety of an in relationship in christian community i'm reminded of paul's words in galatians chapter 6 verse 10 he says do good to everyone Starting with, and especially those who are part of the community of faith, and so maybe you've had someone who has lifted you up, helped, supply a need, uh, helped you move or pack a house or make a life decision because your in relationships are strong. <clears throat> the last and final of these is out relationships with those who are close to us but far from Jesus. We're going to spend a little bit of time today, our second week, on this particular set of relationships, exploring what does that mean and how can we grow stronger in them. But before I do, one of our dear friends, she's joining us from home, Jean, we're glad that your surgery went well, by the way. She's head of our care team's care callers. And she says, you know, Micah, the one thing that when we call people who are homebound, they ask all the time, is how are things going on your house? (laughs) So this is my quarterly update on how things are going on our house. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, we've got a house project. It's about about 15, 16 years in the making. This is what our house looked like Uh, for the first 15, 16 years. We lived into it now, and we've had a bunch of friends and family come and volunteer to help. Here's some of our dearest friends. I probably should have asked my kids and Sarah if I could show this picture in church, but uh, I'll accept uh, apologies afterwards if needed. So uh, they've helped us transform the front of it, especially, is what we've been working on. Uh, so you can see we've added some dormers and a front porch. Uh, my wife, if you look real close, she's enjoying a cup of coffee there uh, on the front porch. And yesterday we started doing some masonry with a friend from the neighborhood to try to tie that together. But our focus has really been in the upstairs, uh, our two bedrooms. This is the dormer area in our master bedroom suite. We see we've got some insulation, some drywall in Painting trim and hopefully flooring comes this week. And on Ava's side of the bedroom, you can see most of the work is done up there, and she's helping me choose the layout of the tiles in her bathroom, which I got done on Friday. So great progress being made. But I tell you that not just because our friends at home wanted to know, but also because we're doing this project for a very specific purpose. Uh, our family vision is to be the brightest house on the block. And what that means is we want to bring the light and the love of Jesus to our neighborhood because we've discovered there are many there. Uh, who have either grown up in the church and walked away from it or have had no connection to Jesus whatsoever. And uh, despite maybe an invitation to go to church, they're just not interested in that right now. So we decided to reverse the strategy and bring Jesus to them. So what that means is we're improving our home, we're expanding on it. Later on, I'll show you maybe by Christmas pictures of our kitchen and dining room area when we get to that part of the project. Specifically so we can invite them into a relationship with us and have a chance for them to see how Jesus has impacted our lives. It's part of our out-relationships with our friends who are close to us, but far from Jesus. And we do this, and you as well, in your ways and in your context, because of the invitation and the command of Jesus in what we often call the Great Commission. Perhaps one of the well-known passages uh, in Scripture describing out-relationships, here's what Jesus says to his disciples. I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them and teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. This mandate, this mission statement, you might say, from God applies to us as individual believers, us as a congregation, and in fact, all of Jesus' church. It is his primary strategy, For bringing hope and life to a world that desperately needs it in fact it's his only strategy for bringing light and life and the good news of jesus to everyone on the planet which has been his dream from the very beginning let me show you how this kind of traces through scripture starting back with our old testament reading from genesis chapter 12. the lord said to abram this was before his name was changed to abraham leave your native country Your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. So Jesus calls Abram and Sarai to leave everything they had known and been familiar with and loved and go join God in a great rescue plan that he wanted to start through them. And notice what God promises after that. This is verse 3. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the families on earth will be blessed through you. You see, from the very beginning all the way to the end of Scripture, we see God about a mission of redeeming and restoring a world. And instead of doing it on his own with the snap of a finger or the word of his mouth, instead he chooses to work through humans, through girls and boys and women and men that he wants to work in and through. To bless the world now i don't have time to walk you through all of the examples of this in the old testament you're welcome for that by the way we just got about 20 minutes for a message today but let me show you an example from later on in the old testament this is from the old testament prophet zechariah he says this in the latter chapters of zechariah i think it's in chapter 8 matthew i may need a little help with my slides Uh, zechariah chapter 8 20 and 21 he says people from nations and cities around the world Will travel to Jerusalem. And the people of one city will say to the people of another, Come with us to Jerusalem to ask the Lord to bless us. Let's worship the Lord of heaven's armies. I'm determined to go. Now, uh, God gives this word to Zechariah to the people of Israel while Jerusalem still lies primarily in ruins. Uh, It has been destroyed, the temple has been leveled, and they long to return to it and see it return to its former glory. And God says, a day will come where I will visit my people again, and all the nations of the world will want to be there. All right, here's what he goes on to say about how that will take place. Verse 22, many peoples and powerful nations will come to Jerusalem to seek the Lord of heaven's armies and to ask for his blessing. Notice the similarity to back in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. But then I like this detail too. It says, in those days... Ten men from different nations and languages of the world will clutch at the sleeve of one Jew, and they'll say, please, let us walk with you, for we have heard that God is with you. The picture that God gives his people to consider is that the difference that it makes for them to walk with God and for God to dwell with them will be so evident and obvious to people on the outside looking in that they'll just be drawn to this different and better life because they have been with god you see his dream from the very beginning was that girls and boys and women and men just like you who have heard the good news of jesus have been baptized into christ fed through his word and sacrament you would live so differently that others would notice people who are around you where you live work and play and they'd be drawn to you now this was the promise in genesis 12 And then again in Zechariah 8, I want to show you how it was fulfilled, at least initially, in the life of Jesus. We're going to go to Luke chapter 6 to start. There were people, Luke tells us, from all over Judea and Jerusalem, and as far as north as the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. And they had come to hear Jesus, and to be healed of their diseases. And those troubled by evil spirits were healed. What we're told is when these crowds would gather around Jesus, he couldn't help but respond. Here's what it says in verse 19. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him, and he healed everyone. Remember it said in Zechariah that they'd long to grab a hold of the sleeve of a Jew because they were different, because God was with them notice how right here in luke chapter 6 we see this fulfilled in jesus they longed to just touch him so they could be close to him because they knew there was something different about jesus unless you think this was a one-off event limited to jesus notice how the rest of the description of the early church follows it Uh, luke again now in the acts of the apostles chapter 5 says this the apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people And all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in an area known as Solomon's Colonnade. But no one dared join them, even though the people had high regard for them. You get the sense that something super special was taking place among Peter and Andrew and James and John and the rest of the disciples. Notice what Luke describes next in terms of the details taking place. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. Crowds of both men and women as a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Right, the people longed to be in proximity to these people who had been with Jesus. They were told somehow or another, miraculously, even Peter's shadow, not just his clothes, but his shadow, had healing power because God was with them. And it wasn't limited to just Peter. Notice this uh, also from later in the book of Acts describing Paul. It says, God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons that merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. Now these are certainly unusual examples of God working in and through people, but I show them to you to make this point. God's desire, uh, evidenced in Jesus, demonstrated through the miraculous accomplishments of Peter and Andrew and James and John and Paul himself too, was for a very specific purpose. His desire was that the life change evidenced in them because they'd been with Jesus would be so attractive to a world that was hopeless and helpless without Jesus that they would be drawn back to God through the lives of God's people. Jesus models for us these out relationships so that each of us in our own unique context could learn from him and imitate him so with that we'll take a look at our gospel reading for today in matthew chapter 9 jesus traveled throughout all the towns and villages of that area teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom and he healed every kind of disease and illness and he did this specifically because he was attentive to the out relationships we're talking about today notice this in our next slide verse 36 and 37 when he saw crowds he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd so as you begin to think about the people that god already has in your life the people who are close to you but far from jesus as we're using the out term to describe are there people that you know uh, who have wandered away from the faith Maybe grew up going to church, but just don't anymore, don't find value in it. Or maybe it's people who have never crossed the line of faith and committed themselves to Jesus, have never come to believe that he is their Lord and Savior. As you think about them, who has Jesus already brought into your orbit? In your family, your circle of friends, coworkers, neighbors, as Team Griner likes to seek out and influence. Uh, People that you cross every day in the grocery, or cross paths with every day at work, or every week in the grocery. Uh, Who are those that God already has in your orbit? And who is he breaking your heart for? Just like Jesus had compassion on the crowds. With those people in mind, let's keep an eye on what Jesus says that his disciples and us as believers are supposed to do. The second half of verse 37 and verse 38 says this, the harvest is great, but the workers are fruit. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. Oftentimes, we look at these passages in Scripture and we say, Aha, I know what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about uh, encouraging young women and men to go into full time ministry, to be DCEs and teachers, music ministers, pastors, and we need all of those, right? Don't get me wrong. And that's part of what Jesus has in mind. But I'd like to suggest to you today it's not just the professionals he's talking about, it's the everyday girls and boys and women and men that he desires to work in and through to have uh, an even greater impact. Than what just a few who are highly trained could possibly do. And I say that because of what Jesus does next. As soon as he says, pray for these things, he says to those who are closest to him, now I want you to go out and get started. Right away in chapter 10, he says his, to his 12 disciples, uh, he says, I want you to go out. Uh, I'm going to give you authority to cast out evil spirits and heal every kind of disease and illness. And he gives them these instructions, right? In verses 7 and 8. Go. And announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Jesus says to his closest friends and his first followers, Now I want you to go out and do what I just talked to you about and you've seen me doing. And I'm going to give you my power and authority to do it. But when you start, he says, Here's where I want you to begin. And this I think you might find helpful as you consider your out relationships. Whenever you enter a city or a village, search for a worthy person and stay in his home until you leave town. When you enter the home, give it your blessing. If it turns uh, out to be a worthy home, let your blessing stand. If not, take back the blessing. Now, at first, this may seem like a weird thing uh, to end on for us today, but these instructions are what we call uh, instructions to discover persons of peace. That is, the women and men in your circles of influence who are open to you, They're friendly to you. They listen to you. They serve you. Those are the places to start. Don't try the hardest nut to crack, at least out of the gate, because they probably have another person of peace that God has in mind for them. So instead, look to those who are already interested in you and the lives you live and begin to consider how might I give a word of encouragement, uh, a word of help, or answer them or pray for them on the spot when they have a need or they bring up a topic. And just within those who are within your reach begin to bring good news words of hope and encouragement to them and in this way you'll be able to participate in god's redemptive work in their lives so don't start with the hardest ones. start with those that are already there think of two or three or maybe just one who are already in your circle of influence and pray pray jesus open my eyes to see and my heart to hear and my word to speak when the time is right good news of great joy that'll help transform their lives just like it has transformed mine amen as we consider i have a couple questions for you to chew on if you're on your own reflect on these if you're with someone we encourage you while matthew plays some music uh, to lean over and share what comes to mind do you feel qualified here's the first one to be part of god's grand rescue mission like i've been describing and if so why or why not and secondly have you already identified one or two people who are close to you but far from jesus If you have, I invite you to take a moment, either on your own or with someone, to pray for them by name right now. Uh, So before we leave this moment, we invite you to continue to reflect on this during what we call our Here in Practice time.